0: This is the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reed and Luke Moulton. This show is lovingly put together for small business owners by small business owners to get practical ideas about attracting more customers more often. So if you're serious about building your business, strap in for the ride. Now here's your hosts, Tim and Luke. Lukey, Lukey, Lukey. Now,
1: hello listeners and welcome back to whatever number episode this is of Small Business Big oh, I think Dick it Muggie. might be number 10, number actually. Number 10. Now, before we push the record button, I just want to share something with you. Because <laughs> I said to Luke, should I start talking when we push record and should I start with Lukey, Lukey, Lukey? And what did you say, Luke? I'm sort of suggested that I'm not really comfortable <laughs> with that. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: but you know... it. Maybe it's becoming the call sign of our show, something that we start with.
1: But you got a bit sad.
0: You did. There was a little
1: twinkle in your eye saying, Tim, you're treating me like a child. (laughs) No, not at all. No, no. And perhaps it's branding, Tim. Well, maybe it is. um, But I want you to come clean with our listeners as to why it's touching a... A know. soft spot. I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't sound right well, to me, no. but that's all right. I don't think you're being honest.
2: No, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. All right. Let's get well, on with the show. Oh, I'd I'm love sorry, to get yes, yes, yes,
1: Absolutely, we have. We have. <laughs> don't tune out, guys. We, we will, we'll actually talk some very smart marketing ideas yeah, and for we'll, small business. We'll, we'll settle this argument later. Correct, correct. And if you've got a point of view, just send it in. Yeah. Um Luke, questions at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Yeah. Yes, correct. I, um last week's episode, Luke Harvey Palmer, personal branding went down a treat. Yeah, there was a lot
2: in that, and uh, we've certainly had uh, a lot of positive comments about it. So if you haven't listened to the episode, yeah, go back and uh, go back and listen to it. There's well, a lot of lot of good material. There was. It was like a, it was very
1: juicy. It was. It was like a big fresh orange off a tree. <laughs> and um, you know, one of the thing, one of the ma- major things that came out of it was this question around so what do you do yeah Mm. and it got it got quite a bit of discussion i did a little youtube video on it we got some feedback on email about gee that's an important question to ask um i've had people coming to me on twitter saying hey this is what i think i do what what do you think about it so we might just quickly revisit that notion of you know the question is what do you do i'll give you an example i presented to a bunch of jewelers earlier this week yes Um, in a workshop environment, and I challenged them to answer the question, what do you do? And they all said, well, we're jewellers. We make jewellery. We make jewellery. Diamond rings, in fact. Yep. But, you know, that is the kind of rational answer. And I said, look, spend five minutes thinking about what you really do. You know, what benefit do you give to your prospects and customers? And after five minutes, they were coming back with stuff like, oh, you know what, we make family heirlooms or... We make people feel special, Mm. and all of a sudden, their whole mindset changed around what it is their brand does. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of nice. In terms of what I do, I say when people ask me, "What do you do?" I'm glad you asked, Luke. I make, I, I show businesses how to be so irresistible that it makes competing with them less desirable. <laughs> hey? oh, right. well, I'm not sure whether to shake your hand or vomit, but no,
2: that's, that's, that's a good one.
1: I like oh, it. Oh, thank you. thank you. I, still, I don't know whether to believe you anymore, but what do you do? <laughs> I help businesses market themselves online. Okay, okay. I, I might vomit. I mean, I might shake your hand. <laughs> okay, so listeners, just a, I think it's a good exercise to do is to ask yourself, what do you really do? Move away from the rational job description of what it is you do and think about it in a kind of emotional benefit-driven way. Let's move on, Lukey. Um What, what else have we got? Uh, we've got uh, some que- well, a, a, a listener question
2: at yeah, the end of question. the podcast, uh, and it's about um, it's about Twitter accounts. Should I have one? Should I have two?
1: Should I have two, three? Okay, we're going to so, answer that later on. That's sort of a personal versus business question. Correct. Um, so today's guest. Today's guest. Dave, Dave Curry. Dave Curry. Dave Curry. Dave Curry is an iPhone application success story. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't. I was going to use guru or expert, but I know he doesn't like that, and no. the fact is, he is a success story. He doesn't profess to be a guru, but he has found a niche. Correct. He has found a niche, and a ripper niche, and Dave is going to share with us um, how he went about doing it. Interestingly enough, you know, um, I'll just go back to this jewelers conference I was at the other day, and... Um, they hadn't heard of iPhone apps, or not many of them had. Yes. Um, and, and how I, did you explain to them what an iPhone app is? very good question. I was going to ask you to define <laughs> one. Basically, it's a, a little application you can put on your iPhone that, gosh, you know, can there's an application for pretty much any, anything. Yeah. There's thousands, if not hundreds yeah, of thousands. Yeah. Weather, games, you know, money, lifestyle, music, whatever it is. There's something you will find and in fact I said to the jewelers look I did a quick search on iTunes found a iPhone application for diamond jewelers and what it was it was amazing it was like pick your diamond ring so pick your stone pick the ring or the band take a photo of your hand and then put it actually Super positioned... Superimpose the Super. ring on you yeah. to see what it looks yeah. like. And then at the end, once you'd found the ring that you liked, um, use Google Maps to find out where's the closest place to buy it. So Brilliant. But it was brilliant. Absolutely uh, brilliant. Very clever. So the, the disappointing thing about iPhone apps is
2: that uh, if you think you've come up with a new novel app, think again.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 it'll be out there, yeah. yeah, but that's not a reason not to have a crack That's true, um, that's true They are, they're a relatively inexpensive thing to And
2: you can develop. always, there's, or you can always compete in the marketplace
1: Yeah, correct, that's just right. be better than the others Correct You know, so, um, Dave Curry, iPhone app, success story The iPhone app that he invented is called Haircaster He's going to explain what that's all about And we first started by asking Dave how he came up with the idea
3: Basically, um, uh, I'd worked in advertising for the last 20 years and a lot of that involved um, developing new products or being involved in the development of new products and looking at how you market them. And um, so the business I'm in now is actually video production, not iPhone applications, but um, like a lot of people, got an iPhone and the temptation of making an application was too great. But what we did is we took a strategic approach to it, applying some basic marketing rules, and, Which were? Uh, well, essentially, the, we're looking for a gap in the market, essentially, was the trick. Um, because it's it's one thing to think you want to have an application, but there are, at last I heard, over 50,000 applications. Wow, wow. And almost anything you think of, you, you dial up on iTunes and you'll find yeah. not only one example, but maybe four or five, and some of them are free. So... Uh, you could spend a lot of money and a lot of time uh, or waste a lot of money and a lot of time just coming up with something or reinventing wheels that have already been invented. So, we took an approach which was to try and identify a gap in the market and I guess the first big step on that one was uh looking at who are iPhone users. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the big the big break or the big thing that we discovered was that which was a surprise to us is that more than 50% of iPhone owners are women. Mhm. Um, In fact, in the US... How uh, did you
1: find this out? Who had those statistics? Quick bit of research online?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest with you, that's all it was. It's amazing what you can do online now. Absolutely. um, it, It really was... Uh, I mean, you've got to be wary of what you find online, but we we, we went online and uh, basically asked that question of Google. And uh, you can verify it once you see two or three different sources mm-hmm. confirming the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were actually surprised by that, so we, we did look into it a bit more. But it, definitely in the US, which was our first market, more than 50% of iPhone users or owners were women. So when we looked, though, at the applications, it seemed that most of them were... Uh, either male-oriented, action games and so forth.
1: Fart sound effects.
3: Fart sound effects. (laughs) Very big. They were either male-oriented or kind of gender neutral, but not a lot. Although there were plenty, there weren't that many that aimed specifically at women. So that was really, uh, you know, and that just came from sitting down and looking at it strategically rather than thinking what do we want yeah. or a crazy idea that's coming to our head, but rather, first of all, before we even started to think about an application, look at where there might be gaps in the market. Which find, is Find the need first. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's, that's the same sort of principle that, you know, you'd apply with, with a big marketing company looking to launch a new product
1: versus... Yeah, but how many people don't? How many small business owners just go, oh, I'm going to buy... You know, it's like um, I was saying to someone the other day, I live in a little kind of my shopping centre is a little village there's like 11 real estate agents and a shop came up for vac- a vacant shop came up and there's 10 hairdressers there's now yeah. 11 hairdressers yeah. it's like at what point did someone realize that there was a need um, am I missing something like there's a massive need to get haircuts where I live or uh, don't say anything you're looking <laughs> you're looking at my do as if it needs a shoe uh, you wouldn't well, a shoe on a do would you really
3: <laughs> I think one of the traps you fall into is that when you're thinking of um, new products Uh, it's all too easy to uh, base your thinking on those things that you already know or something you've already seen or a minor variation of what you've already seen. And so if you just put yourself through the process of looking for what the gaps in the market are, that that really does help you Mm. think about it in a different Mm. way and at least focus your energies on something where there is actually a gap in the market.
1: Lukey, Tim, we've just stepped out of the studio for a minute... And we want to talk about Dave behind his back behind his back <laughs> No look David David I've known David for many many years and he is a very very considered middle-aged man and that's what I love about him. He do really think you needed to add middle-aged to that. Well, you? he's not young. <laughs> <laughs> he's my age. <laughs> Have a guess what that is. Um, so the thing is, you know, um, he is considered, and that's a very, very wonderful talent. And I've said this to him before where it's like, you know, some of us shoot from the hip and go for an idea and hope to God that it works. Others put the research in and really roll up the sleeves mm. and put the time and effort into establishing, hey, is there a market there, you know, and that's what Dave's done and you've got a wonderful um, idea for those of us and I'll put myself in the shoot from the hit basket Mm -hmm. but um, what's your idea? Going back to um, a uh, couple of episodes
2: previous, there were some tips on how to find what people are asking for online. But I do have a great little product um, that I found recently that helps you do research on um, essentially keywords. So, what people are typing into uh, a search engine, and it's called Market Samurai. Uh, We'll we'll work it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll work it in the show notes. And basically, it allows you to put in. Put in a keyword and then find similar keywords and find out how much competition there is uh, for those keywords, how many other websites there are, how many people are searching on those terms per day what sort of traffic you can expect to your site. So it allows you to do some basic research around a keyword term that people mm-hmm. are searching for um, before you go and you know build a website or so that's another
1: product. So marketing market, Samurai, is actually very good for, um, particularly if you're doing a Google AdWords campaign, but in terms of its application for an iPhone app, yep. it's kind of like allowing you to key in a particular uh, area, subject, topic, and see how popular it is and if yeah, there is correct. a gap. If there's a gap, because you can see, you, you might be able to see that there's
2: there's a lot of people searching for that particular term or particular need, mm-hmm. but there aren't a lot of websites around it. So in that way, you'll be able to see something that's got um, high
1: need uh, but low competition. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll put Market Samurai in the show notes, and we'll sneak back into the studio and pretend we were never gone. Back we go. Back to Dave. So you've gone and identified a gap in the market, and that gap is in an area, and we'll share with our listeners now what that is, but it's not something that you've spent a hell of a lot of time kind of in the world of hair, because that is what it's about. It's an application about hair, correct? So interesting that you haven't gone and gone, oh, well, you know, I'm going to develop something that I really love. You've Mm. gone, identified something that you think a lot of other people will really love.
3: Well, yeah, but basically, yeah, what we did is, you know, having found I mean, the application is, yep. it's called Haircaster, and basically the application's a very simple one that uses the live weather data that, that the app pulls off the internet at no cost, mm-hmm. uh, analyzes that weather data, and we can get it for any postcode area in the US, so essentially any suburb in the US you can dial in, and it pulls the, the weather data, including wind, rain, and humidity, and runs it through a a formula that we developed and forecast an algorithm an algorithm mm-hmm. and uh I didn't even know what an algorithm – I couldn't – No, I, don't now, I I'm, don't. now I'm writing them. <laughs>
1: Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I still don't know what one was, but I knew it was an algorithm that you developed. <laughs> Is Anyway, go but on. But
3: you, you, dial, you, you dial in your location and it just pulls the, the live weather data and gives you a, a readout on a simple scale that tells you what kind of hair day you can expect. And for for you know, most women will be familiar with the concept of a bad hair day or a good yep. hair day, and it's mm. basically affected by – Largely the humidity in the the air, but also the wind and the rain yep. play a role in it. Wow, yeah. fantastic!
2: So, did you actually look at the science of, of bad hair as well? <laughs> well, well, you've said humidity affects your hair. Obviously, you've you've looked into that.
3: Well, we, I mean, again, it was you know we we have virtually no resources and not a lot of experience in that area, but um, it was. Uh it's, it's something that most women are quite familiar with. And, and to be honest, our research was consulting uh, a few hairdressers, a few mm. professional hairdressers. Mm-hmm. And um, they, uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not a big mystery what causes a bad hair day. If the humidity is over a certain mm-hmm. level and or there's wind and rain, um, you know, they're a well-established... Combinations of those weather factors that yep. lead to a good day or a bad and day, and it
1: pops the other end of the algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you actually did you
2: consider selling it to a hair care product producer?
3: Well, that's that's our next uh, the next course of action with this. Um, what we decided to do, and I don't know whether we made the right decision or the wrong decision, but um, what we decided to do is first get it out there, and uh, I guess find out whether. We were going to be successful or not, and then get some get it out there on a number of iPhones so that we could go to um, um, you know a shampoo manufacturer or whoever it might be that 's relevant with a ready made pre existing audience so it would, we just felt that that was the better approach to go down
1: so how, okay you've developed an iPhone app, it sits on the iPhone, sits on the apple store that 's good distribution gets into the, potentially into the faces of millions of people. Um, how do how do people find you?
3: Well, that's actually a really good question because uh, we, as I said, we'd done our homework on this application and we were pretty confident we had a, a good application um, and and a gap in the market and all that sort of stuff. Um, we put it out there, put it up on iTunes, and uh, you know I, I can tell you we were quite disappointed twenty four hours later when we hadn't sold a hundred thousand <laughs> and. Um, but you know, but we realised pretty quick that because
1: um, at that point you've just got a product on the shelf you know, exact, you know, well, like, exactly well exactly and the, traffic and,
3: and that's where that's where we really learned the lesson about the need for publicity and marketing because no matter how good the application may have been no one's going to buy it if they don't know it exists and when you've got fifty thousand other applications out there you can't really really rely on people just stumbling across it
2: mm-hmm.
3: so uh, that's when we. Uh, got ourselves together again and, uh, started doing some really, uh, you, know, you
1: regrouped after 24 hours, you yep. hit a pretty low point in the business. Canceled and, uh,
3: the, uh, you know, down payment on the, on the yeah, jet. That's right. <laughs> and, um, and no, but we went back to doing some basic marketing, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that involved, um, a lot of hard work actually. It was, uh, many late nights of finding every blog we could to, oh, yeah. to publicize it on, yep. um, uh, it was...
1: So what would you do there? Just for our listeners who might not realise, but what would you do? What do you mean finding every blog to publicise it on? What would you... Do you mean leaving comments or do you mean approaching the, the blog owner
2: and saying, hey, we've got this product, would you like to chat about it or...
3: Uh, both actually, basically sitting down and um, again, googling hair care, hair, those sorts of things um, and uh, find, I mean, the le- the thing there is there. it turns out there are hundreds if not thousands of blogs. So it's it's... A lot of repetitive work, just you know going after blog after blog, finding uh legitimate reasons often to make comments yeah. on the blog in in response to an article or or, or something that was going on on the blog uh, that gave us an opportunity to drop the name of the iPhone app hopefully to a relevant audience. The blogging was just one thing we looked at um, i mean again, we don 't have major resources here, so mm-hmm. you know if we could. If we could have, um, you know, run a TV ad or, or or got Apple to run our application in there, we would have been home and hosed. But we, we that wasn't available to us, so it was really what we could do ourselves.
1: Okay, listeners, we're just going to stop Dave there for a minute because um, it's a fantastic idea that he does share with us, and it's an idea that all small business owners can do to improve their marketing, to improve your marketing, and it's a it's a simple one. It is a time consuming one, but so many ideas for small businesses. I think so many good ideas whilst are uh, not money dependent, Luke. Mm. Are you listening? I am. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. They're not money dependent. They are time, you know. Time they, consuming. Yeah, they're time consuming, that's yeah. okay, but Dave's idea of googling looking for blogs that are relevant to what he has to sell and then going and leaving comments and or approaching the writer of the blog, it's just a really good idea, and you can get a, a, a lot of link-back traffic. Yeah, as long as you're leaving relevant
2: comments and you, you're adding value to those yeah, sites. Yeah, it's not like buy, buy, buy. It's no, like, because quite often bloggers will review comments before they make them live, so yeah. if, if they're not contributing to, uh, to their post or yep. to their website, then they, they just won't publish them. So make sure it is
1: relevant. Yeah. And Tim, you've got some suggestions on if people don't Look, have the time. Look, it's, it's, an, it's, an, a, it's a suggestion and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really good one because I've been using it myself. So this idea of some of these time-consuming marketing ideas, you could employ a virtual assistant. Yeah. And I've come across a website, and we'll leave it in the show notes, I've been subscribed now for three months got myself a VA, and it is absolutely fantastic. This guy um, explains exactly where, in what part of the world you need to get a virtual assistant, why you need to get a virtual assistant, how you actually go about employing this virtual assistant. And he talks about the concept of just get them full-time, don't, don't get one project-based, um, because is, it's actually incredibly, incredibly cheap to employ someone full-time. And no, it's not India, guys. Um, I know that Elance is a, is a website where you can find many virtual assistants in India. But I really suggest you go and have a look at this website. We'll leave the link in the show notes. And all of a sudden, a whole load of work um, May be taken off you by employing mm. someone who can do it for you uh, just as well mm. now before we get lots of emails from
2: vas in australia <laughs> yeah, 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 we 're yeah, not yeah. necessarily suggesting that you have to outsource overseas there 's plenty of
1: vas within your given country yeah there is and in fact there 's some wonderful vas in Australia as I have been reminded on a number of occasions, <laughs> but this is roll up the stuff, roll up the sleeves work I should say you know um. Yeah. You know, the virtual assistants, you know, locally for us, um, I look to more for, you know, uh, office admin, kind of more uh, stuff that I need maybe to talk to them uh, yeah. on a more regular basis. Yeah, and yeah. understanding of the local culture. Correct, Lukey. Yes. So um, we'll go back to Dave and he's going to keep sharing with us this this gold around iPhone apps. So at some point you had to open your wallet.
3: Well, We did, but you know, there wasn't a lot of money in the wallet, but mm-hmm. we, we were able to uh, write our own press releases. And I heard one of your earlier podcasts when you're talking uh, with a publicist oh, yeah. on that, and, uh, but, uh, and, and I certainly related to that. Um, it was a matter of writing that a That would lot be of-
1: podcast number four, Luke, with young Flip Shelton, for listeners who haven't listened to it. Yes, I think it was four. It was. It was absolutely number four and uh, some good tips on...
3: Thank you for reminding us there, Dave. Well, one of the things that she'd said, and it certainly resonated with us, was that you've got to find, if you're writing a a press release, it's all very well to write it, but you've got to find what's in it for the journalist that you think might take up your press release and print it or publicise it. And um, so what we basically did is uh, targeted these press releases to all of the major cities in the US. And composed a story around how that particular city ranked as a a hair in terms of hair days, you know, whether New York was better than Los Angeles, that sort of thing. And (laughs) so we're sending it to papers in Los Angeles or radio stations in Los Angeles. We framed it in a playing L.A. off against New York type (laughs) of way. (laughs) As as something for them, something that we knew they'd pick up on, and obviously do do the reverse, you know, in, in other cities. And so this is
1: not based on massive scientific data, but you've somehow established that New York is a better hair day in such and such a month than LA, and then got it out there.
3: Well, I actually found that New York is better overall, which was. Sort of surprising because l a is where hollywood 's based mm. and, and and all yeah. the beautiful people and and so it was a bit of a surprise to us and hopefully the most uh,
1: the most livable city <laughs> Yeah, that 's right the um you wrote this where did you send this press release? you sent it to every city in America what to the local papers or
3: yeah and again it, papers? It, um, i would i would uh love to have the contacts of you know and the secret email addresses and so forth, which we didn 't have so we were uh, uh, finding the best points of contact that we could, and um, literally going for um, sheer numbers in the hope that you know at least five percent of them, or whatever, are, are mm-hmm. effective. And um, did some take up? Well, if you, it, it's a it's a difficult thing to know. Um, what we would do is we would try different tactics, whether it was Facebook advertising, blasting out some press releases, or whatever, and then. Uh, the best feedback we get, keeping in mind we're in Australia and this is in the, the US, the the best feedback we could really get was the sales of the application mm. uh, in response to, you know, a, a particular effort that we'd done, and um, you know, we, if you if you Google Haircaster now, you get a whole lot of mentions of it across mm-hmm. a whole lot of blogs and so forth, but um, it's very difficult to know. Um, for sure what, what, what actions came from me, any specific result. You so, said.
1: So, so, so far, you've, you've spent nights blogging and leaving comments. You have sent press releases out. The checkbook's still not out. The wallet's not open. Have you spent money promoting Haircaster and where?
3: Well, uh, the, the, the main place we've spent money is on Facebook. Mm. And that's, um, uh, you know, Facebook's something that I think most people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, the area of Facebook advertising is actually quite interesting in that um, for relatively small bucks, you can uh, target literally tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. But I think the beauty is you can actually target it very narrowly. So you can go onto Facebook and choose uh, women in New York City uh, between the ages of uh, 18 and 30 if you think mm-hmm. that's your target audience. Mm. And you can even narrow good, it down. Good
1: target audience.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but you can even narrow it down further to those that have iPhones. Yeah. Or, wow. Or um, those that were one of the strategies we tried was targeting women of that demographic who with worked. With hair. With hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, uh, and, and who worked for media organisations. Wow. So we'd, we could target people who worked at News Limited, for instance. And our hope there was that we'd hit some... Female editor who had an iPhone at News yeah. Limited who downloaded our app. You know, wh-
1: one of the beauties of that strategy is there's there's not a lot of wastage. You know, the wastage as a, as a concept within marketing is for those who who don't know what I'm talking about is like you might run an ad in a paper of which ten percent of the people who read that ad may be actually appropriate to buying your uh, suited to buying your product, but mm-hmm. actually ninety percent who are not. Yeah. Um, What you're talking about is, I'm not sure if there's any wastage. I'm sure there might be people who aren't interested in, who might not have an iPhone. I don't know. But it sounds like you can even target down to that kind of demographic. Well,
3: well, that thing about wastage is particularly important when you're on a small budget. Yeah. And, you know, we couldn't afford to uh, waste 90% of our money in a a general press advertisement. Mm -hmm. We probably couldn't afford a press ad to start with. And and where do you run it? Yeah. uh, so we could we could have blown our money very quickly that way so we really had to focus on targeting our advertising and then doing everything we could to try and measure the effect of that um, which as I say is, is is somewhat difficult the sales were the best the best indicator we could see a bit of an upswing in the following few days.
2: I just want to have a quick chat about... Isn't he considered, Luke? He sure is.
1: He's a bit like you.
2: <laughs> he's very considered. Um just talking about how he's found it difficult to measure, uh, to basically measure his marketing activities and what he's been doing. And that is essentially because he's, he's selling an iPhone app. iTunes uh, doesn't give you a lot of mm. analytics to measure things by, i.e., you know, how many people are clicking through to the app from their iPhone or if they're finding it online online. Um, but as as a small business with a website, uh, it is easy to measure most of your online marketing activities yeah. uh, and even offline marketing activities. Um, for example, if you've got a website, you should have Google Analytics installed. Is that easy? Uh, it's easy for a web developer. It will take them ten minutes. Right. Okay. So don't so let them checklist
1: check. one. Call your web
2: developer. Get Google Google Analytics installed. Google Analytics right. to um, to start measuring uh, your activity online. So. If you're doing if you're doing traditional, I probably shouldn't call it traditional, but if you're doing um, offline uh, offline advertising, mm. um, make sure you include a unique uh, oh, yeah. web page to go to. Yep. So don't just say www.smallbusinessmarketing.com. com. Say www.smallbusinessbigmarketing.com com forward slash uh, whatever the, yeah. the
1: campaign is. Yeah. Um, give it a name and then you know that people, and that's the only place that web address would appear correct. so that you know the traffic that's coming to that page is coming from your, that's your right. ad. Can Can I add something about advertising and it's actually in the first chapter of my book and I worked in advertising for 10 years so um, I've I spent a lot of time there and I, I have a bit of a go at it. I think advertising as a small business marketing strategy is really dangerous. And this is what I rattle on about in, in Chapter 1 of, of um, Cha-Ching, uh, which is my book. And it's about the fact that there are so many variables involved in getting an ad right mm. that it's scary. Yeah. And that's why big businesses pay big money to big agencies to get it right. You know, things like you know size of the ad, position of the ad, the content of the ad, whether it's black and white or color. Mm. You know, how many times do you run it? Do you run it once or do you run it 20? And you know, the variables go on. So that's a little bit kind of moving away from what you were talking about, Lukey, but it is a very close to my heart because I see too many small business owners who talk about, oh, running this ad, you know, and don't know if it's working, don't know if it's not. You know, famous quote from an old advertising exec was or an old advertising manager is um, um, 50% of my advertising is working. I just don't know which, which 50%. 50% is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, I just think when I hear a small business doing advertising, yeah. just alarm bells go off in my little brain. Indeed. One of the good tips that Dave's
2: just given then is is, um, is Facebook and how, how well he can actually target oh, yeah. his audience.
1: How targeted was that? It's
2: incredible. Facebook, uh, Facebook pay-per-click advertising is incredible, how, how closely you can target your
1: demographics. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually just working with a guy. I've just asked a fellow out of Sydney to. Um, Put a proposal to me who specialises in in Facebook and mm. Facebook advertising campaigns because um, I see it as a nice little kind of um, additional offer that I can can you know, offer my clients because you know not many people know about it you know yeah. we know about Google AdWords but less about Facebook Indeed. advertising and um, just last statistic or a statistic six million um, Facebook users in Australia yep. active users active meaning they've been on it in the last three months mm. so. Not that's to be underestimated. Not
2: hey? necessarily for everyone. You've got no. to think about your audience. Uh, and if that's where your audience is, um, advertise there. Back to Big
1: David Curry.
2: Advertising on Facebook, so you need a website, wouldn't you, to, for people to click through to? Or, or can they go to some app page somewhere? Or, so did you have a web presence?
3: We have got one, and uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it's actually only half done. No, uh, it is. Under construction. I mean, it, it's under construction. And, <laughs> having yeah. a
2: blow dry. So, so when someone clicks on a Facebook ad, mm. where do they go?
3: Well, actually what we had discovered before that, and probably it's part of the reason why we haven't completed our, our website, is that with uh, iPhone applications, the best way to get best way to get them sold is simply to make people know it exists. And most people know their own way of how you get an app onto your iPhone. And it's either you do it on your computer through iTunes, or now uh, you can download them directly to your iPhone. So mm. we, again, it was just a matter of doing what whatever's going to be simplest. And so we made a decision that if we just put it out there... I mean, one there's been over a billion iPhone apps yeah, downloaded, so clearly people don't have a problem working out how to do it. Mm. The real challenge is making them know ours exists. Mm-hmm. So that was what we really focused on. And if you if you click on it, it it does take you. It if you're on your computer, it does take you to it opens up your iTunes and takes you to the to the to the site, which is pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure in a lot of cases, if, if you don't have iTunes on that particular computer or, or you're at work or whatever, it may not work. And I don't think, um, it doesn't seem that that's what most people do. What they do is they they know how to get an app on their iPhone. Mm-hmm. So really our task is just making so it was, them aware of it.
2: So basically a brand awareness campaign?
3: Yeah. It, totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's what it was. We didn't have to persuade, because we were targeting in so well, we knew it was something that our audience would be interested, and in. we didn't really have to sell them on it. It was more just making them aware that it existed.
1: Dave, um, to wrap up, clearly we got you in to talk about this because it's been a success, and we like to pe- talk to people who have done successful things with products and marketing um, without kind of um, sharing all your secrets. Success? How would you? How do you quantify the success? How many apps have you sold? Can You tell um, us that.
3: Yeah, um, we've now sold over a hundred thousand. Uh, well, actually, I need to qualify that. Um, which is part of um, one of the lessons we learned is that uh, when we, we've discovered by accident, we're experimenting with the price, what price should this be? And and now, you know, people who are familiar with iPhone apps, know they're very cheap. You know, most of them, I mm. think, are around the 99 cent mark. Yeah. We went in high and uh, in, in lowering our price, what we discovered is that every time you drop your price, there are any number of blogs out there that automatically pick up on that and Mm -hmm. publicise the fact that Application X has just dropped its price. So one of the tactics we used was to... um drop the price often to nothing because um, going to zero seems to get the biggest reaction. <laughs> yeah, and, right. um, <laughs> free beer. <laughs> we'd do that for 24 hours and let the blogosphere latch onto that and spread the word and then jack the price back up only to 99 cents. So yeah. the other the other thing we were thinking there is that that also boosts or helps us with word of mouth, which is really what we're trying to crack. We figured mm-hmm. if we could get enough out there... Um, uh, you know, like 10,000 or whatever might be the critical number, then you're going to have a natural sort of word of mouth, people showing others mm. the application. A, so a tipping forth. point. So when I say over 100,000, um, thousands of those were free. Yep. Uh, but okay. um, uh, initially, a success for us was um, getting our money back, which yep. we did. And yep. um, so now we're looking at um, uh, extending it to other countries. At the moment, it only operates in the US and we're looking at taking it to a manufacturer, shampoo manufacturer or whoever might be interested.
1: Dave, we can only hope that every every woman, 18 to 35 women in the world, has, an hair, has a hair caster app. Well, I, Tim, <laughs> I
3: hope I mean, how many people are listening to this program, Tim? Uh, well, we, we, we if think... If I can ask you that question. Well, you can. We think, we look, at
1: last count it was in the hundreds of thousands. We're thinking, I don't know, it could be millions but yeah. look, we just don't know and we don't look because we just love doing it, really. Yeah, Dave, we, thanks for coming in. Thank mate. you. Um, thanks very much, Dave. Really good mate and a Great story, a really good inspiring story. Interesting story too. Interesting.
3: Thanks for having me. So yeah. Cheers.
1: Lukey, what a ripper interview from Dave. There is absolute gold in them, their hills. A lot of good stuff in there. I actually enjoyed listening back to this one a lot. Yeah, I did too. It's interesting. You think when you do the interview, you think, oh, gee, you know, is is that interesting to our listeners? But you go back and you go, absolutely, I hope it is. Yeah, we hope so too. Look, um, uh, we'll
2: be putting a few links in the show notes. So www.smallbusinessbigmarketing.com,
1: go to the interviews page. Yeah. Uh, So if you want to see some of the links, they'll be in there. Yeah, yeah, the great one about about um, getting a VA. Great one about um, Market Samurai, where to um, Re- find, research. do that research, all that type of stuff. So, oh, yeah. yep. Now, listen to question, Lukey, from James tap- dumb- 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 <laughs> Tappendum from d-n- James. Uh, and
2: that's this is in regards to whether he should have. Basically, two Twitter accounts, one for personal
1: and one for business. Tim, what are your thoughts I on I just think it's a really simple one. I know there's no right or wrong answer. My answer, though, is have a business account and a personal account if you so choose. The business account is all about helping uh, or providing information around your business, giving advice, tips and tricks, helping your followers with advice around what it is your business product or service offers. Every now and then, tweet something personal in that business account to humanize it, yep. and then have your personal account to um, do whatever you want to Yeah. If
2: if you want to be hooking up with your mates on Twitter, yeah, have a separate account for that and keep a business account separate.
1: Hey, James, thanks for your question. You can send your questions to questions at com. And listeners, thank you for listening. We know you're coming from all around the world. We have been getting emails from, gee, the Netherlands, uh, the States, the UK, Germany. Yes. Um, everywhere. It's really good. Yeah, it kind of makes mate. it all worthwhile, doesn't it, Luke?
2: <laughs> We've got some some interesting podcasts coming up. We've got uh, an
1: online marketing consultant. Uh, And a real estate agent. A really, really interesting real estate agent story, which um, she's broken all the rules and as a result has become very, very successful. So that's coming up. Thanks, listeners. Uh, May your news be good news. And uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya.
0: You've just come that little bit closer to getting your business booming thanks to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reid and Luke Moulton. Please keep in mind that the information, opinions, and ideas expressed in this show are those of the hosts and interviewees and theirs alone, and they don't necessarily reflect those of their past, current, or future employers.